Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. This is Rob Case and Trevor Koppel. Trevor, are you happy that we don't have to run a combine to ensure that we're capable of being podcasters? It's just available <laughs> to anybody. Hey, I'm I'm up for the challenge. <laughs> could could you run a 440 or 4440 holding a microphone? You know, uh, not anymore. In my prime, I'm I'm pretty sure I could run at least a, a four or five. At least a four or five. Okay, so that would be on the probably what you that would that would probably be in the low ends of podcasting for forties. Let's be honest. <laughs> There's some quick podcasters out there, man. Just because you sit and you have a beard and you're probably a little bit overweight, and I'm not talking about you, Trevor. I'm talking about every male podcaster out there. Um, doesn't mean you're not athletic, right? Doesn't mean you have a chance at the brass ring. So, um, and it doesn't. It certainly doesn't mean that there's any more room for NFL podcasters outside of you and I, because this is a niche market. So this is this is a niche crowd. Um, not a lot of people follow the NFL, but we're happy enough to be part of it. And the NFL Combine is starting this week. So, look. We were talking off air about any memories. I, I know you said I don't have a lot. It, look, it, the combine's not something I would I would watch today. But when I was in my high school years, college years, I was an NFL junkie. Still am, obviously. The combine bores me. I'll be honest; it bores the hell out of me now. I, I don't think I can really watch it. I don't really care for any of the numbers, and I can't help but wonder. And I think we talked about this last year. How it kind of it feels kind of useless, sort of. I don't really know what purpose it serves. <laughs> Do you know? How yeah, I mean, I helps. I definitely, uh, I, I voiced some pretty strong opinions on this issue last year. Um, my 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 view of the situation hasn't changed. You know, uh, I, I don't think that there's anything that happens at the combine that should change your opinion of a player based on what you see from you know film on them as as a football player. Um, you know the 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 games don't come down. They're not. They're not the CrossFit games, you know. And I'm not throwing shade at the CrossFit games, uh, but like that's, you know, the combine doesn't show you how well they play football, how well they can shake a corner or run a route. Uh, they, they don't. They don't show how they you can shed a block and get to the quarterback. Um, these these things are much more important than your forty time or how many times you can rep. Uh, whatever it is that they're repping on the bench, um, you know, it, you know, can you can you hawk a ball is more important than your literal measured vertical leap. So, are you telling me you're throwing shade at the cone drill? <laughs> Just a little bit. I mean, I mean, these are drills designed to, you know, I mean, you got to be an athlete to to do these drills and and do them efficiently and correctly. But uh, at the end of the day, that's that's not, you know, we're not competing. In the cone drill, we're we're playing football. You're telling me the cone drill is not important. I'm telling you that the cone drill on any given day shouldn't change your mind about a player. I see. Okay, so you don't care that you can weave in and out of a cone that would never be on an actual NFL field for you to move maneuver around. That's right. Okay. Well, fair enough. We'll wait. We'll, we'll wait for the the new new expansion London cones. In a couple of years, okay, you're gonna have to eat those words, Trevor. You're gonna have to eat them. So <laughs> the London cones, the London cones, right? Um, yeah, I, you know, it's boring. 
Okay, it's a hot take, but it's boring. Why would I want to watch all these guys? Why? Why is it? Why is it televised? Why? There's there's like one interesting aspect of it, which is basically Rich Eisen running the forty every year and embarrassing himself, um, which is like become a staple. But it's like, have you ever watched the combine? Like it's like five guys commenting on all these big guys in like super tight Under Armour clothing running around and they're all whispering like it's a golf match. You know? Right. No, it's, uh, you know, it, it, I, I mean, I, I'd much rather be watching like track and field than, than the combine, you know? Yeah. Um, and, That's what and it I'm, is. I'm, I'm, it's I'm, I'm extra- you know, I, I never, I don't go in for that stuff. Um, you know, I've I've said many times I'm I'm all about team sports. That's what entertains me is the teamwork aspect of, of the sport. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd rather watch track and field or or you know individual sports than uh, than watch the combine. No, it's crazy. It's just a <clears throat> excuse me. It's just a ploy for the NFL Network to get more ratings because people will watch it. It's just right. people to get eyes on the NFL Network. That's all it is. And I and I completely agree. Rich Eisen running the forty for St. Jude's Hospital is far and away the best part. It, it's the only part I really am interested in, actually. It, I mean, that's it. You know, to be honest with you, if there is some aspect of the combine you want to get interested in and watch, I would just watch the quarterbacks because those actually kind of matter. Um, outside of the 40-yard dashes, they do, like, drills, and you can see their arm strength and kind of completing passes under pressure. I, I think that's kind of interesting. But you know what's going to happen. They're going to, You know, there's pro days, too. So people don't attend right. the, the combine; they do the pro day, or vice versa. They don't get no good numbers in the combine; they'll do a pro day, and they're gonna, they have and they will continue to air these pro days, and it'll be more and more aired until those turn in the combines. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think the pro days Crazy. are are insane. Um, you know, you get the the Senior Bowl and the was it the Hula Bowl things like that. Ooh. Like that's that's really all you need. To, right. to see these guys play football, which is what you're drafting them to do, is play football. Right, right. And I think it's interesting that, like you said, we put so much emphasis on these these tests. And the the weirdest part about this is that this doesn't occur in any other part of any employment place ever. <laughs> right. <laughs> ever. <laughs> Unless you're, like, a military officer or like an engineer, and they need to prove that you knew like C plus plus or like Python or something. Like, but there's no like, you know what I'm saying? There's no software engineer combine. Make sure they get the right ones. And so it it's interesting. Like the NFLPA president, I can't Demarcus Robinson. I I think his name is or could be could be forgetting that one. But he came out and said like this is kind of discriminatory. Like, you know, like the combine's antiquated, and the fact that we put players through this before they get drafted like they have to interview they have to at least it you know i don't know if it's discriminatory but it i don't think the optics of it are very good you know no it, well it definitely feels uh exploitive uh and, yeah. and they're gonna be exploited for their for their talent uh enough in the in the in the nfl um but yeah a lot of these guys they're just they're just trying to get in you know yeah. um and and televising it, yeah, making it a big hoopla, it's just not for me. It's a tough look for the league, which already struggles with its image, which is crazy. It's a multi-billion dollar league. It has a hard time with its image. Insane. Um, 
you know, it, and it makes me wonder. We saw some of the numbers today. There was a defensive tackle, 290 pounds, ran a 4'6", 40. Uh, 250-pound linebacker from Georgia ran a 4'4". Um, and I couldn't help but just reflect on the athleticism there is in the league now. I mean, it, it's crazy. You know, how, how athletic these guys are. I don't know if it will lead to any success for either of them. But I'm curious, Trevor, like, what do you think about the athleticism coming of the players coming into the league, knowing that these records are getting broken for combine numbers? And um, what, do you, what, do you, what is your take on that? Is it good, bad? Well, I, I think it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a culmination of a few different things. One is just how uh, early and intensely some of these athletes start preparing for this future. Um, but also the way the game is played has changed the the body type that it, that that we're looking for for some of these positions. I mean, if if you went back, uh, you know, twenty five years, these these defensive ends they they don't look anything like the defensive ends of today. Uh, the the way the positions played has changed so much that that you're going to see record breaking forty times for the position. Uh, because the the position has changed so much, um, but uh, but yeah, it's definitely getting uh, faster, and uh, you know, in some ways, it's getting even more physical, uh, yeah. and in other ways, it's getting less violent. Yeah, that's what I was curious. I I, I I guess I was saying it without saying it. Is it is it concern you that these players are getting faster, possibly smaller, but more athletic, arguably, um, and the fact that these guys go head to head basically every snap is that, you know, how, what kind of futures football really have, if that's kind of the, your baseline athlete is running a four, four and they're going head on car crash. I mean, it's going to get more intense, right? Right. Well, I think, uh, one solution there is to, uh, adjust the way the game is played. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're, they're stronger and faster, how do we eliminate these head-to-head collisions? Um, I think at the line, it's actually might be easier than it looks uh, for these guys to learn to play the game without, you know, we can smash our bodies at the line, but we're not going to smash our heads. Um, but maybe uh, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, cut the heads off but, the players. Uh, yeah, see that. <laughs> but uh, the, uh, to me, the, the most dangerous ones are the open field collision with skill players, you know, uh, cornerback to wide receiver, uh, linebacker to running back, uh, when, when it's not done properly. And sometimes there's no avoiding, uh, uh, an unintentional head to head high speed collision. And those are the, those are the most dangerous plays. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, um, that's kind of what my concern is, but it's, you know, I mean, naturally, these athletes are going to get more <clears throat> athletic. <laughs> they're going to be they're going to be more athleticism in the league, just because as the, the sport gets more popular, there's more money. Yeah, you're right. They're, they're going to be preparing for this game for basically a while, since like high school, maybe even farther down than that. You're just going to have naturally guys are just going to be made for the sport. That's the way it's going to be. Um, it's becoming more and more like that, and. I don't know how they can protect some of that stuff going over the middle. It's kind of inevitable. I mean, we've seen concussions went up about 25% last year alone. Um, it, it, it just seems inevitable. 
<laughs> this is the way it's going to work. And they're not. I don't know how you can implement any rule changes that'll protect players going over the middle. They've already done like the defenseless receiver type stuff, and in the moment, you know, they can't really control their bodies. And when they're practicing it, I mean, how do you practice an open field tackle? You know, I, I they they can't hit past a certain like day in training camp. You know, right? Like, so. I, I'm, I guess I'm curious. There's a lot of cor- there's there's a lot of like fallback for some of this stuff. It's nobody's fault. I mean, who wouldn't want to be athletic in a in a in a league like this? But like, what you know? What I mean, what implications are there long term? So you know, we'll uh, circle back around to this one. I'm sure next year when we talk about the combine <laughs> and how boring it is again. So, um, but moving on, man. Moving on to some. Actual NFL news rather than speculation or boring combine talk. Carson Wentz lost his job this week, and so did Marcus Mariota. Your reaction? I mean, I I can't say I'm surprised. Um, I think they'll both land on a team somewhere. Um, But uh, at this point, it's become fairly obvious that these guys are not... They're not going to be the solution wherever they do end up. They're 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 a backup or a bridge quarterback at best. Um, I, I mean, maybe San Francisco might be the one place that that these guys could be part of the winning formula, but that's exactly why I don't see it happening. Is because San Francisco doesn't need them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen to uh, what's I can't remember his name now. Homeboy, seventh round pick. Oh, Brock Purdy. Jeez. There we go, Brock Purdy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy that he got his elbow knocked off his head, basically. <laughs> uh, um, could be out for a while, man. He, he has some swelling. They don't know when they can do surgery. Um, wouldn't be a bad idea to bring some guy in for a backup. I heard Carson Wentz could go to Carolina because that's where Frank Reich is now. So keep an eye okay. on that. Yeah. That's kind of that interesting. Makes a little sense. Yeah. Right. Right. Quarterback and uh, quarterbacks coach in Philly. And then head coach in Indianapolis. So, you know, I'm curious about Carson Wentz. I was looking up his stats. Um, MVP candidate, uh, 27 touchdowns, 7 interceptions against Indy. For Indy, was top 12 in QBR that season. Wasn't really good last year, but started off really well. What do you, what do you think is going on with him? What, what happened to his career? You know, it's... It's difficult to say because, you know, when, when he first made the move to Indianapolis, I thought that was a really exciting one uh, with the roster they had and the defense that they had the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it just didn't really equate to much. Um, and I just, after after what we saw from him in Indianapolis, it's, it's hard for me to uh, buy in again the same way I did then. Um, and it was more of the same with, with, uh, the commanders. So I just, uh, I, he's just not an exciting prospect to me. I, I mean, if, if he were to be the number two quarterback somewhere that, that is, you know, it's not an exciting position. Who's your backup. But, uh, I think, you know, if a team could land him in a supportive role, he could be the best number two quarterback in the league, uh, but we we just haven't seen. You know, the closest he came to an entire quality season was that year in Philadelphia when he got hurt, 
and since then we haven't seen an entire season of solid play from him. So uh, I just don't think that there's a team out there that lands him for quarterback and says, okay, this is part of part of the solution. Yeah, I, he's like you said, he's relegated to basically a backup position at this time. He's not going to be part of the solution, but like, I just his his he just blows my mind. Like, do you ever think he was well coached in his early in his career, or was he just like, you know, Philadelphia just schemed really well with him that year? He had a really good year. Um, what when they won the Super Bowl in twenty seventeen? I, I I guess I'm just curious because he's looked brilliant at times. And I thought he was decent on Indy, but he made some bad throws. You know, his his numbers would would tell you a different story, but they didn't make the playoffs that year. You know, right. um, I I just I don't understand what happened to him. I don't get it. Yeah, I I it's tough for me to say too. I don't know if it's uh, that he's he's the sort of quarterback that defenses eventually figure out. Um, yeah, he's just not you know, he, capable of being like making adjustments. I, I think in a lot of ways, the the problems I see with him are the same problems I see with Dak Prescott. It's like mm. just like you said, you can look brilliant at times, but when was the last time you looked brilliant from week one to week seventeen, week eighteen? You know, um, it just I just don't see it. Do you think Dak Prescott's uh, <clears throat> career is on a trajectory of Carson Wentz or? Is he like a, uh, you a know, rich man's no, Carson not, Wentz? <laughs> yeah, a rich man's Carson Wentz, perhaps. Um, I think uh, I think the door is starting to swing shut on Dak Prescott. I don't think he's got a lot of good seasons left. <laughs> wow, really? Did he just turn yeah. thirty? Well, I mean, I, 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 I well, maybe I should say I, I think I've seen <laughs> Dak Prescott plateau. I don't think I Dak Prescott's getting any better, um, and you know, with with that whole situation in Dallas and and the roster there, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they were moving on from him in the next few seasons. Wow. Okay, so he could be like a Carson Wentz, like a journeyman. Yeah. And that means Indianapolis has to trade for him. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's what that means, man. That's what that means. So. Uh, Marcus Mariota, guy I think you and I were both intrigued by coming into the offseason last year just because it was like, I I honestly thought we'd have to go back and play the episode. It's possible we didn't even talk about him, which is definitely possible. <laughs> but, you know, honestly, thinking about it in hindsight, I thought he was a good fit in, in Atlanta, and um, they were going to run sort of like an RPO, and I, I kind of like that idea, to right. be honest. I thought well, he was and- efficient, and... But yeah, I think uh, I think Atlanta is one of those teams. Uh, looking back on it last year, that that uh, you know didn't didn't get the attention that maybe they should have got, uh, and it's more about what they did with what they had. Um, sure, moving on from Marcus Mariota does not surprise me. Um, I think that team did a lot of things really well, and uh, if they think they can upgrade right there. Then uh, you know, upgrade, uh, get some depth at running back. They were able to run the ball with a lot of different guys this this past season. Um, so I think they want to create depth there without breaking the bank on a on a top tier running back. And uh, and I I think 
the the key to success for them in that division is to really uh, bolster the defense there because uh, mm. I think that's where they need to be more competitive with that division. Um, but, yeah, Marcus Mariota, just like Carson Wentz, I, I don't think he's done playing football, and I don't think he's done playing football in the NFL. Um, he might be done as a starting option unless unless it's a team that really is just <laughs> looking for a bridge quarterback. Right, right. You think he's he, he's a backup? I, I I think he'd be a great backup. Yeah, like a high-end backup. Yeah, like Jacoby oh, yeah. Brissett type stuff. Yeah, come in, be able to run – the bread and butter plays real efficiently, real, real, you know, real good execution, uh, and then occasionally open up a, a dazzle type of play. Yeah, like uh, Miami. You think you land well there, considering they run some uh, RPO and. I think that that could be a good fit, and uh, I think Miami has the sort of weapons on offense that can make any backup look good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Any backup but Skylar Thompson, for sure. So, <laughs> that's well, the only that's one. That's a backup's backup. You know yeah, what I mean? He, uh, the, the Dolphins really sure. really got it bad last year when Teddy Bridgewater, who I considered at the time to be maybe the best backup in the league, uh, came in and was uh, immediately injured. Um, just Part, just not fair. <laughs> yeah, it tracks. It definitely tracks. So, um, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, he's a bum's bum. Is that what you were saying about Scotty Thompson? A bomb. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I, I mean, I think that would be a good good spot. And just, well, I mean, talking about the Miami Dolphins, what came out this week, which was interesting, is that there's still a lot of talk about who will be the quarterback there moving forward. Um, I think you and I could both say confidently that we think Tua Tagovailoa is a good good player. He's on the field. Miami's a, a really good team. Um, you know, oh my God, twenty-five to eight, twenty-five touchdowns, eight interceptions, top one of the top QBRs in the league, number five in the NFL. Wow, that's crazy. He played really well last year. I mean, who couldn't with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle? But a oh, number three QBR, excuse me, the third best quarterback in terms of QBR last year. That's that's an important stat to look at. Right. Um, no, it it is, it, and he's an amazing player. But you got to look at all the stats, and uh, when you look at the injury stats, the concussion stats. Sure, um, and and maybe there are other solutions than than moving on from Tua. Like, how do we how do we protect Tua? Um, but uh, but it's a real concern. You know, right. they're, when when they're healthy and when Tua is healthy, uh, they can they can play with anybody in the league. But uh, but he's not one hundred percent often enough. Uh, and they they barely made the playoffs. Now they had an amazing game against Buffalo, where they almost advanced uh, beyond the wild card round. But but still, they they definitely looked like the team that that didn't belong, uh, just because they they were playing with Skylar Thompson. Right. Um. So something's got to something's got to change there. Right. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was bizarre, um, and it's crazy to think where they could have been if Tua had been playing. But uh, not not considering, I mean, considering, but going back and forth on his fifth year option, Mike McDonald and the GM came out this week. I think his name's Chris Greer. I'm not 100 percent sure, but came out this week and announced that uh, at the combine media scrum, and you couldn't help but think that, you know, it's like we were talking about last week. I mean, who? Then, well, who? 
Who are you going to go with? I mean, wh- why why even speculate? Just slap the tag on him. Just slap it on him. I, that's that's kind of my idea because are you could you could you acquire somebody better? I, I mean, Aaron Rodgers. Who else? Yeah, that's that's it. I mean, and that's such a gamble. I mean, how many times sure. have we heard teams say like, "Oh, we'll we'll go get Aaron Rodgers. That'll solve all our problems." Right. Um, Den- Denver. Yeah. yeah, Denver. Now the Jets. Um, it's just. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that that's kind of the the two sides of it is there's there's people like Wentz and Mariota that are already uh available if you want them. Uh and they've they've got experience, they're veterans. Uh but the veterans you want uh the last time we saw something like that happen, it was Russell Wilson and he he didn't do so well. Um but other than that exception, you know, guys like Aaron Rodgers is gonna he's gonna stay with Green Bay. It doesn't make sense for him to go anywhere else. So right, right, yeah. It just that's I'm. It's amazing that teams get into this hypothetical debate amongst each other, right? And the front office of the head coach, they're like, "Yeah, well, we can slap this fifty-year tag on Tua, but you know his injury passed. Sure, I think anybody would be concerned about that. But like, who else are you going to get?" <laughs> Well, you know? there's there's a lot of there's a lot of angles to consider. Yeah. You, know, you slap the fifth year tag on him with an eye to trade him for trade him. giant yeah. draft capital to a team right. that thinks that he is the right guy for them. Because right. Um, right now, I wouldn't put him in the group with with Mariota and Wentz. Tua Tagovailoa is somebody that could be part of your championship formula. He could. Um, at least we we can still see him that way. I can't see Wentz or Mariota like that. So perhaps Miami looks to uh, to get a couple of first rounders out of him. I don't know. Right, right. Yeah, I mean that that's the other angle. Let's yeah, let's tag him. But just to come out and say we don't know. I mean, if you're Tua Tungavailoa, granted you're probably still going in. You're probably still in the concussion protocol. Oh man, <laughs> right. But like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's you know, he's a pretty humble guy, but that would make me feel good, you know? Being, right. Yeah, like, it would just slap the damn tag on me. I, I'll i try to play. <laughs> no, this, you know? this really is a, a difficult time of year for uh, not just the players going to the combine, but the players right. that are in free agency, the players that are trying to, to get contract extensions. Uh, it's... Uh, it, it, I think it's probably much more emotional than than the uh, than the fans like ourselves really uh, understand or empathize with. Yeah, sure. There, there's nobody more emotional right now who might be a free agent than Lamar Jackson. Uh, uh, you read my mind. Yeah, <laughs> right. And I, another report came out this week. Lamar Jackson's camp leaked information to Stephen A. Smith. You don't know who Stephen A. Smith is, I. Oh, well, yeah. I I, uh, I sympathize. I mean, well, no, I don't. I actually kind of am jealous of you because I'm not a big Stephen A. Smith guy. I think he's kind of a loudmouth. Um, ESPN loves him just because he's you know controversial and I don't know if he says anything. Yeah. I, I have no idea if he says say anything different than anybody else other than he's just polarizing. But nonetheless, and I don't know why he was picked, but here we go. Apparently, a fully guaranteed 133 million dollar contract was offered to him. 
and uh, before the 2022 season. Doesn't say how many years that is, but according to Stephen A. Smith, um, did you? And this is his quote: "Did you or did you not lowball this man with 100 an offer, 133 million guarantee? Because that is a lowball offer." The answer is yes. You're trying to screw him over. Um, you know, I guess the idea is that they may have added, they may have offered him more, but there was like injury guarantees and things of that nature that would have added more to the total. So we don't know what 133 or how many years is, but I assume it, it, you know, and this is just me thinking out loud. It's probably 250 or like 240, 230, you know? Um, yeah. And if you're Lamar Jackson, man, and Kirk Cousins has a guaranteed contract, Russell Wilson got one, Kyler Murray got one. None of those guys want MVPs. Don't you think you'd no, want a guarantee contract? I, I it doesn't Holy, make a lot of sense to me. Right? Uh, all all I can think is that they, you know, I, I would, I would put Lamar Jackson as, and and maybe it's tight with some of these other guys, but in my opinion, he's the most mobile superstar quarterback in the league right now, and historically, mobile quarterbacks don't last as long, but. The game really has changed. You know, we just saw an amazing Super Bowl that featured two very mobile quarterbacks. Um, and I don't think just because Lamar Jackson, in my opinion, is the most mobile quarterback that they should be, you know, hedging their future with this guy. It's like, no, you, you have you have that, that X factor. Uh, I've said it so many times on this podcast. If he's healthy, they're in any game that they play. They're mm-hmm. not going to win every game they play, but they could win any game that they play if he's healthy. Yeah, um, he's 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 that difficult to account for on the other side of the ball. So it it just doesn't make sense to me that you I mean, he's not. It'd be one thing if he was asking to be the highest paid in the league. He just wants what the other guys at, at his tier are getting, and I think he deserves it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, he's he's a dynamic player. He's a game breaker. You know, he's got he's a superstar. He's an MVP winner. He's won playoff games. He's been in the playoffs. You know, um, he's a gamer, man. I mean, like you said, I mean, he this year he took a step forward and started throwing the ball. You know, with accuracy, oh, yeah. and it was and he was damn good at it. Yeah, he got hurt. I now there's a whole bunch of things you could say about that. <laughs> you know, is he really hurt? What actually happened? So on and so forth. We, we'll never know. We, well, that's not true. We probably will eventually. But, you know, it's it's crazy to think that... Anyway, talked about, we talked about this last time, and this goes back to the Tua discussion. Why would you lowball and alienate your star quarterback? Who are you going to get instead? Who? Exactly, exactly. Like, even if the plan was to move on from Lamar Jackson, they're they're doing a terrible job of it. Right. Like, what's the plan? What is the plan? <laughs> you know, like let's let's just treat him like crap, and eventually he'll sign our crappy contract. Because you know, no, no, he won't. <laughs> and if you tag him, he's not going to play. So, right. what have you done for a the Baltimore Ravens, a front office that's proved to be nothing but consistent, reliable, and very good at finding talent? This is just amazing to me, absolutely amazing. <laughs> That they would, they could just completely f this up as bad as they have. Right. Well, I mean, with him, 
they have a chance to win their division without. I mean, who who are they going to replace him with that can go Ooh. up against Joe Burrow? You know, right? Or Sean it's Watson? Just, like, yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Kenny Pickett. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> it's no, it's crazy, and when it, it blows my mind because if you look at this quarterback uh, free agent class, right? Okay, so uh, or even just overall, you know, it's Lamar Jackson at one, and then everybody else. Right. That's what it is, and and the gap isn't like. It's Lamar Jackson, and then there's everybody else, and like, you know, they're good players, and certainly they are. But if, if I put Lamar Jackson next to Derek Carr, who would you pick? <laughs> Lamar Jackson. I mean, it's, it's not <laughs> even a thought. It's not even. Oh a thought. man. So yeah. G- so look who else is on this list, right? Geno Smith. It's always not even close. Lines. Yeah. It's not even close. <laughs> You know, and so I'm not going to compare the next guy because Daniel Jones, and I actually think there's a pretty significant drop off between Geno Smith and Daniel Jones. But I do too. Yeah. You know, I, I think in the right system, Daniel Jones is excellent. But just like speaking of this free agent class, right? Lamar Jackson. Look at this quarterback class, and tell me if you've ever seen this before. Lamar Jackson, Derek Carr, Geno Smith, Daniel Jones, Marcus Mariota, Jimmy Garoppolo, um, Carson Wentz. Uh, uh, Jacoby Brissett. Hold on a second here. Baker Mayfield. Um, sure and that's the interesting. That's the interesting yeah. comparison because Baker Mayfield went number one overall, and Lamar Jackson was taken with the last pick of the first round. Right. Right. So it's. Uh, I mean, have you ever seen a quarterback class, free agent class like that before? It's it's just crazy. Um, and, and and Lamar Jackson, I mean, how because you brought him up, how dangerous would the Giants be next year if they had Lamar Jackson instead of Daniel Jones? And I and I picked them because I don't consider them to be you know a stacked roster, right. but uh, you, with that coach and the pieces in place, if they had Lamar Jackson instead of Daniel Jones, they're in a Super Bowl window right away. No question. No question. <laughs> you know, so that's how much of a game changer he is on your team. Yep, absolutely. You know? absolutely. It's it's crazy that he would make it to free agency, and the only player you can really compare at that position is Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. And Peyton Manning was had a broken neck, and Tom Brady basically, ch- I mean, he didn't want to play New England anymore. Yeah, you know? he cheated death. <laughs> <laughs> right. He got out of New England one. He should have and didn't want to play there anymore. He was over it. So, like, of course he was done. Um, but that's – it's it's wild to think I, – I mean, I – you know, look, there's – it's headlined by Lamar Jackson. There's a lot of depth underneath. I mean, if you get Derek Carr, we said it last week, you know, he's not a top 15 quarterback, but I guess I'll take him, right? How would you feel about, let's say, like, Geno Smith going to, like, New Orleans or – if that's if that's what happens or, like – I don't know, New York, New York, for example, or the Jets. Geno Smith going back to the Jets. Wow, that that would be that would be something. That'd be nuts. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a completely different Jets team now. Right. Um. So so it wouldn't be you know hard to understand, but it, it would be poetically crazy. Um. No, I, I think Geno Smith is gonna. He's definitely elevated himself to that. Uh, point in this quarterback hungry league that he he is going to start somewhere. Um, I think starting for uh, for the Saints makes a lot of sense. Uh, they need somebody. Um, 
you know, not to be too obvious, but they, they need somebody who can quarterback, just just orchestrate the offense. And Geno Smith uh, has shown that, that his time on the bench, he's been working at that night and day, and, and he really can do it. Um, uh, I think I think he'd make sense for a, a few. You know, he could he could be a he could be on the Atlanta Falcons next year. It's just uh, just kind of depends on how all this shakes out, and you know what kind of philosophy teams are taking, uh, cap space situation, all that plays into where these guys are going to land. But uh, right now, I think I'd take Geno Smith over a uh, Mariota or a Wentz. How about um, Garoppolo, Jimmy G? You know, that one's really tough, you know. Um, right. the, the problem with Jimmy Garoppolo is, you know, I, I didn't really pay attention to him much as a Patriot. That's on me. Um, so really I only know him as the quarterback for the team that doesn't need a good quarterback. Um, so it's just, it, you know, success with the 49ers as a quarterback is not a good litmus test for a quarterback in my opinion. Uh, so it's just, it's, it's really tough to tell if, you know, if he ends up starting for another team, that'll be something I'll keep a close eye on because, uh, it could be all right. Or it could he he could just fall on his face without that stacked roster and amazing defense. Um, so yeah, he, he's a giant question mark for me. Um, Baker Mayfield, your boy, my boy. Oh man, uh, it's it's hard not to root for him. You know my uh, my Sooner fandom runs deep, but uh, yeah, he's he is. Kind of like Carson Wentz these days. He can look really good. He looked really good in that first game with the Rams where they upset. I, I don't even remember now, but it, you know he had that big first game with them. Was it the Seahawks? I can't remember. Um, yeah, I don't know. Denver? But, uh, oh, maybe it was Denver. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, they... Uh, I, I don't think that uh, the Rams were the right landing spot for him. Um, I could be wrong, but, uh, man, he's, uh, he's a difficult one to buy into, you know? Um, I, I really loved him with the, uh, with the Browns. I thought it was a good fit when everything was working. Um, you know, took him to the playoffs and beat the, beat the Steelers, you know, beat the Steelers to end the regular season, beat the Steelers in the first round of the playoffs. That was huge, I thought, for that team, for him, uh, for that, for, for the city of Cleveland. Uh, and then I don't know how it all went so bad so quickly after that. Uh, so, yeah, uh, he, he is one of those guys that we haven't seen uh, be successful without a stacked roster. You know, he was in Carolina, didn't do well. Carolina doesn't have a lot of, a lot of support for their quarterback right now. Um, especially without Christian McCaffrey there anymore. So, yeah, I, I think uh, I think I'd be looking elsewhere if I was looking at Baker Mayfield. What are my other options? Uh, Josh Jacobs. Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, right. uh, about about Josh Jacobs and uh, Saquon Barkley. What do you think of them as free agents? Running backs typically don't get paid. But... Right. So that's that's really the thing is like, what can I get them for? You know, um, because, you know, we've had this discussion recently. I, I, 
I don't think having a high-paid superstar running back is is part of the the championship recipe anymore. I do think a solid running game, even a run-first type offense, can be part of a championship uh, recipe. But it, you know, there's just too many needs all over the the. the it's too. It's more of a team sport than it used to be. You've got to have talent everywhere, and mm-hmm. you can't do that if you're breaking the bank on a quarterback, a running back, and a wide receiver, which used to be what you wanted to do uh, back in the '90s. That that's kind of how it was done, but uh, but not anymore. And I just I think there's so many good running backs out there. I'd rather have three that I can rely on to know the offense, to pick up the blitz, to not fumble the ball rather than be able to break out a, you know, a, you know, touchdown from first and 10 at your own 20. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So uh, yes. Yeah. Because that's, yeah, that's a good point. It, it's just so much harder to do The the linebackers are better. Sure. The D line's better. Sure. You know, the days of Adrian Peterson, you know, running for 290 yards, that just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, there's not enough space for for running backs on the field. I mean, you gotta everybody needs space, right? Running backs are not unless you have a Olympic sprinter. I I don't know, like or Debo Samuel, like somebody can kind of play both. It's you know he he's good in he's good in any kind of space, but running backs specifically need that space between the tackles, and that can be reserved for a slot receiver, a tight end who's just an animal, or like. Some other receiver, you know, there's there's not enough, there's almost not enough space for running backs in the field nowadays. It's a good point. So, um, what about a guy? And I'm going to lump these two together, but Jacoby Brissett and Teddy Bridgewater, two another two more backup quarterbacks, but have served a purpose um, over the last couple of years. What do you think about those well, two? And and I like these guys. Uh, as, as I get older, as a fan of the sport. Um, I, I have become a real fan of these uh, journeyman quarterbacks um, right now, and I hate to say it because I, I love Teddy Bridgewater. I really do. I think he's an amazing player, amazing athlete, amazing person. Um, I would take Brissett, and it's only because Teddy Bridgewater's had too many injuries. He's just, it, it's, you know, call it bad luck. Um I think Teddy Bridgewater has always had an amazing presence in the locker room, but Brissett isn't toxic. You know, I think you think he's a good guy to have in there too. Um, so as a as a backup, I think I want Brissett, uh, especially after what we saw this year. You know, he Teddy Bridgewater was supposed to be a, a terrific backup. You know, comes in for Tua, and you know we're gonna hardly miss a beat until we need to back up our backup, and that's. I'm starting to sound, you know, a little repetitive, but you don't, you, you can't, you you don't want to plan on replacing your backup quarterback. They come in until your starter is healthy again. That's that's the recipe. Um, so for me, you know, if we're trying to win uh, all year. I'm going with Brissett. All right. What about um, Sam Darnold? That's the last quarterback on the list here. Sam Darnold, man. Um, wow. Right. I mean, have, have we ever seen, you know, has he ever had two good weeks in a row? I can't remember. Um, I, I, I mean, and I, I don't mean to trash anybody. That's that's not who I am as a fan. But uh, I, 
I never, I never, <laughs> I never saw him as a big deal. Uh, when he was drafted as high as he was, I was, I thought it was kind of a head scratcher. But I mean, that that always happens to me in the draft because I don't consume as much college football as I can as, or as I could. Um, uh, you know, I, I try to consume as much of the NFL as I can, and, and when it comes to college, I I follow the teams that I that I like and and teams that that catch my interest. And, and Sam never did. Um, so I, I just I I I think I'm done with Sam Darnold. Wow, done with Sam Darnold, done with Darnold. I, I that's right. <laughs> I'll be honest. I I don't I don't know how he keeps getting on lists like this. <laughs> Baker Mayfield is ranked like 28th best out of 100, top 100 NFL free agents via ProFootballTalk.com. Sam Darnold's like 80th. So yeah, well, I, and, it, and and so that's that's one of the aspects, one of the immeasurables for quarterback. Um, Baker Mayfield's a leader. You know what I mean? He uh, he he's got a little bit of that Tim Tebow in him, where he can just he can fire up the team and make them play better than they had been. Um, but like you know, guys like Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson, like they might have been drafted high for other reasons, but they're certainly not those you know get it done because I'm a leader type of type of player. Right, right. What about um, one last player here on the top 100 list? Um, I saw Michael Thomas at 70, Saints receiver. Not, I have no idea how much football he's played the last three years, but I don't think it's been much. Um, what do you think about Michael Thomas? Is he done? Is he kind of like... I don't, think, I don't think Michael Thomas is done. I, yeah. think, uh, I think he's done with the top receiver in the league conversation because he was a big part of it for a long time. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I, I don't see why he can't be, why he can't have the kind of longevity and impact that Ryan Fitzpatrick had. Do I have that right? Sorry. Hmm? Michael Thomas? Yeah. Is, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's the wide receiver. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Sorry. <laughs> Larry Fitzgerald? Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald, sorry. I'm getting my Fitzes mixed up. I knew that was wrong as soon as I said it. I I could see him taking on a Larry Fitzgerald type of role or, you know, the kind of thing that, you know, people talked for so long about Des Bryant coming back because he left too soon. Um, I don't think Michael Thomas is done. And I think Michael Thomas, he's still got highlights in him. Um, He's just not going to be, he's not going to be in the race for the Triple Crown or anything like that. Um, but, uh, but I think he's got a lot of good football left. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Des Bryant does not. So Alfred, no, not, not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So he's not playing anymore. Um, there is one report. I just, to get off the free agent list for a second. Um, I'm curious what this, and this, this will be a great way to end this, but what the reaction was to this report in Denver, because you're there, Trevor. So you're, you're, you're a man on the field there, if you will. Um, or boots on the ground, whatever the word is. But Russell Wilson uh, tried to get Pete Carroll, John Schneider, Schneider, fired before he was traded from the Seattle Seahawks to the Denver Broncos. Uh, curious about what the local reaction is there. Pete, uh, Russell Wilson came out and said that that report wasn't true, but uh, but that's not from that's not what we were hearing from the Pete Carroll camp. <laughs> so yeah, well, yeah. and I mean. I could land on either side of this because I'm not a big Pete Carroll fan. Um, 
Uh, I won't deny that he, he's good at his job, but I just never liked him. Um, and but also this this past uh, calendar year has been uh, very revealing about Russell Wilson and uh, what kind of uh, diva he can be. Um, and, and ultimately, it's it's this it's, it really. It's sports news, but it's not sports. You know what I mean? Like this, this sure. drama of like, oh, this person says this, this person, oh, they didn't get along. Um, I think it's for the best for both of them that they're not working together anymore. Um, in hindsight, it's all the more impressive that they experienced uh, the success that they did. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, you know, it's it's going to be a long road before uh, Denver can see Russell Wilson as who they thought they were getting. Uh, and I'm not saying it can't happen or that I don't want it to happen. I, I'd love to see a uh, a championship in this city while I live here. That'd be that'd be awesome. Um, and uh, you know, because they they won their last Super Bowl the you know just a couple of months after I moved out here from Oklahoma. Um, so yeah, it's it's just one of those things where if if you like. Celebrity news, celebrity gossip, it's an interesting story, but I'm just tired of it at this point. <laughs> what, what was the reaction there? What, what, what did they say on the radio? So I, I, I haven't heard the radio react to this one yet. Okay. I've, been, uh, you know, I've been listening to uh, Thin Lizzy and ABBA. I've been taking a break <laughs> from, my, from my sports media on the road lately. Gotcha, gotcha. So we don't, we don't really know where they're sitting at right now with Russell Wilson? Like, I'm just curious, like, obviously we're not there. I don't know if there's any sort of information about, like, they, yeah, they, they just, they're over them there. <laughs> you know, is the city yeah. over them? Like, what is, what is, what do you think? So, the, no, uh, I think, Wilson? I think uh, the hopes in Denver for the Broncos are somewhat renewed, landing, uh, uh, landing their new quarterback, or sorry, their new coach. Uh, Sean Payton. Yeah. Sean Payton, thank you. Um, because I think, uh, I, and I, I agree, I think they got, the best available head coach out there this year uh, for their needs, right. and uh, and I do think that uh, that you know having his own office, having his entourage with him everywhere he goes in the in the facilities, that's that's not going to fly this year. Sean Payton will put an end to that. Uh, whether or not that equates to the success we all want to see for the Broncos, uh, I'll be excited to see it. But uh, but locally. People are beginning to believe again. Uh, hopefully they're not, you know, I mean, there's always going to be some, but uh, I think the uh, think there's a little more caution to the optimism this year than there was uh, last year when they got Russell Wilson and thought that they were immediately in a Super Bowl window and, uh, you know, at the very least we'll make the playoffs uh, and then to have the season they had. Uh, very humbling. Yeah, that's putting it lightly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like getting pied in the face by hump by like a big <laughs> big freshly baked tumble pie. You know. So, it's it, yeah, I I just think it's it's wild to think. You know, we I lived in Denver for 3 years and um they they're just very passionate about the Broncos up there naturally, so um it, it, you know, just to think of the I I just can't help but god reflect on the I don't, I don't even know what it is. Irony, I, uh, spiritual forces, I don't know. 
that like you're gonna win this Super Bowl and then you're just gonna be garbage for the next like nine years. Oh man, it's been bad. And and that fan base has just hung on as long as they can. And you wonder like what happens this year if Sean Payton if they don't go to the Super Bowl. I mean if well I mean that would be nice, but if they don't go to the playoffs. Like for at least first round. They're on a seven seed at the very least. What what will happen to that stadium right. there? The well, sport. you know, the uh, the best outlook is that uh, you know they 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 definitely went through a slump after that last Super Bowl win, and since then they've had an absolute carousel of coaches, quarterbacks, you know, draft busts, uh, and through most of that they had a lot of uncertainty at ownership. Uh, but now the ownership has been figured out. Very rock solid ownership, in my opinion. Um, the the team general manager with Walter Payton. Wait, do I have that right? George Payton. George Payton. Dang, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna do that all day today. Uh, George Payton. I think uh, I think he's a solid GM. Um, he's he's made some some decisions that didn't work out. Some that that definitely did. But but I do think he's. Uh, providing stability that hasn't been there in recent seasons and now bringing in Sean Payton to write the ship with Russell Wilson. Um, I, I don't think it's wrong to be, I mean, we want to be cautious, but like there, there is a lot of reason to be optimistic that, that maybe the Broncos aren't going to skyrocket back to the top of the league. Uh, but they can certainly see themselves trending that direction. Uh, next season could really put them on a path towards championships yeah yeah we'll we'll keep an eye on it moving forward so <laughs> we'll keep an eye on it <laughs> right it's it's uh it's, it's definitely newsworthy as everything was today that we talked about as much as it could be we'll keep an eye on the nfl combine see if it's worth talking about next week when we come back if we have enough information we will be back so um to to look ahead here this is kind of interesting the nfl off-season schedule is always a fun one for me to look at because i couldn't give two craps as combine i already said how boring it is for me and i'll be honest with you looking at the nfl free agency list i didn't see enough players i was kind of hopeful for you know um outside of possibly um Derek carr and large jackson some of their quarterbacks i mean saquon barkley kind of interests me a little bit but i don't care about really anybody else so looking ahead at the nfl offseason though we got Trevor gets the NFL Scott and Combine until next, looks like, Tuesday. And then after that, we get some actual um, off-season stuff. So we get some free agency stuff. We get some deadlines. We conduct some physical examinations. Um, negotiation period starts in two weeks. So that's when we'll get some more free agent talk. So we'll keep an eye on it, man. It's going to get exciting here. You know? So there, there was a little, one little thing that caught my oh. attention this week. Right ahead. Um, the uh, the NFLPA, uh, the NFL Players Association, they uh, conducted a bunch of uh, uh, you know interviews, questionnaires with with players all over the league, free agents all over the league, uh, and they put together their list of the best teams to play for from a player's perspective. And number one on the list was my Minnesota Vikings. So. Is that right? Uh, right? It's not a lot in the, in the sports world to hang your hat on, but it's <laughs> something. We are number one in uh, in uh, you know and for teams that players would want to play for um, or enjoy okay. playing for. 
What, what's the criteria? Uh, do they say uh, it's the Germans? It, it's just voted. Yeah, they, they didn't really go into that. It's it's okay. definitely just uh, you know like a questionnaire for. I, I don't know if it was all players or just free agents, um, but uh, but there you go. Players, the players in Minneapolis like playing in Minneapolis. <laughs> oh, damn. Could be made up. Who knows? Right. So <laughs> you right. can't exactly <laughs> trust the NFLPA any more than you trust the NFL. So very, very true. Well, folks, as spring gets closer, which it's right around the corner, there is a spring cleaning you can do of your podcasts, uh, meaning that you could delete most of them, the ones you have now, to make room for football in general. Now <laughs> there is. 81 episodes, Not, I mean, that's Tim Brown's number, by the way. Um, so, lucky number of mine. I was a big Tim Brown fan growing up. Loved, loved the, little, the tape fingers. Just loved the hell out of that. Um, and you can subscribe, like, you can leave a review, you can comment, you can send it to a friend. Um, there's nothing better on St. Patrick's Day gift, because, you know, that's what it is nowadays. Everybody's gifting things on any holiday. Um, gift, the, <laughs> gift the gift... I guess, of football in general. There you go. So um, until next week, Trevor, do you have anything you want to leave our folks with? Uh, just that the uh, the Houston Roughnecks remain undefeated. I don't know how many of you out there are, are, are watching the XFL. Uh, I can't claim that I have, but I am keeping an eye on it. And uh, and I'm starting to really buy in. So yeah, uh, maybe, maybe this will be the week that uh, that I get to watch a little XFL, although I, I do start moving into a new apartment, so maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I heard some good things about it. Still um, good reviews in the XFL, definitely worth watching. Uh, it's some good highlights on. out there, yeah. Really, I mean, it's it looks like a pretty competitive game. I don't know if there's a game going on tonight, it's Thursday, but um, uh, regardless, uh, The Rock owns it, and uh, if you want to be part of the La Familia, right? And possibly make your way into the next uh, Fast and Furious movie. This would be the way to do it. So watch the XFL. Maybe you'll meet, you'll meet The Rock somehow. But anyway, we'll pick it up next time. Talk more XFL briefly. And uh, pick up the rest of the pieces of the NFL. Until then, we're out.